The date is Friday, February 19th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. This episode, we're talking about the big game. You know, the big football championship that takes place every February. The one with the crazy commercials and awesome halftime shows. Yeah, that one. It goes by many names, and we clearly can't say any of them. But let's jump right into it. Enjoy! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Entertain This. Welcome. Entertain This? Oh yeah, someone did it. (laughs) (laughs) You filled my spot, good. Uh, Welcome gentlemen, welcome. I am Michael. Okay, that's Alex. I'm Alex. That's uh, Okay, and I'm Nick. Yeah, there we go. Hey, welcome friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So... A momentous occasion uh, that happens once every year happened quite recently, uh, which I was very excited about. Uh, one of famed name of Superb Al, or otherwise known as the Super Bowl. Uh, okay. Where I, it is something I look forward to every single year as the as a very large NFL fan. Um, the big game. Are you referring to size or heart? Uh, both. I guess. <laughs> I don't know which you, you you had figured mattered into the equation, whether it was the size of yourself or the size of your passion. Oh, both are very big. Uh, I'm very large. The, my passion very for large. the game is very large uh, all around. But are, So would you two consider yourselves like football fans? Nope. Nope. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> you hate it? Wow. You have been different football? to it. Ooh, big surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like no. That's that's too impassioned to put on a public podcast. I don't hate football. I have a long history that is complicated with football. Mm, that's fair. That's but fair. But why? I'm not getting into that here. <laughs> Fine. Welcome to my therapy office. Uh... <laughs> well, I think I, that's not a podcast I would guest star on. Nick. Oh gosh, <laughs> Nick's therapy hour. Oh, <laughs> you can't get me into a real therapist. You're not going to get me into a fake one. <laughs> have you tried not being bad? <laughs> You know, so, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. I just hadn't tried that. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, so, as you may not believe it, considering all the other topics that I've ever talked about and entertained this are possibly the uh, nerdiest ones of them all. Dungeons yeah, we were and writing Dragons. your bio for the, for the website, and we went over all of your old episodes, and we yeah. discovered that yeah. as a whole. <laughs> That your pod, that your episodes of the podcast had been pretty mainstream down the same alley. Well, pretty nerdy. It's it's very it's definitely like hits in that nerd culture vibe where it's like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, The Witcher, Weeboo culture, but nerd culture is fine too. Yeah, that too. Anime. I'm the I'm the anime boy. Um, That's okay. I gotta I gotta turn things around a little bit and uh, boost myself up and. Uh, I'm actually a huge sports fan too, to go along with that, which in reality is just a different form of weeb. Like, so, so there are different types of people who exist, and mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, obviously you can group people into introvert, extrovert, and then of course there's like where you stand on that personality chart, and some people, uh, they label people through their astrology, like signs and their birth signs and stars and whatnot. But I think the most accurate way of categorizing a human being is to define them by their sport. Mm. I think there are a lot of people <laughs> who 
Um, there, there are a lot of different sports out there, and thus there are a lot of different ways to identify people by sports. Now, I would say that my sport of choice is baseball. I'm a baseball person. Mm. Hmm. That's mine. But I think what you're getting into is you are a football person. I am definitely a football person. Nick, what's your sport? Do I have sport? to pick a sport? Yeah. Do I have, have to pick, pick one? one? Uh, it can be pigeon bowling for all I care. <laughs> hillbilly bowling or hillbilly golf? I don't know. I'd s- probably the one I watch the most is probably football. Just because I happen to be in the room that the football TV sports is playing on. So you don't have. So a, would you say that you identify as a football boy? I identify as a football. Yes. Okay. Football boy. <laughs> Sorry, not football. football. <laughs> I'll be honest, Nick. I, I don't think you put a lot of thought into this or passion, <laughs> yeah. but I'll accept it. I feel Look, like you I just <laughs> you just went with the first thing that popped into your head. But all right. Yeah. I don't. I don't really watch any sports. Um, but I used to play soccer for a while. What about esports. Esports. Uh, I was talking like more traditional sports. Well, yes, that's I mean, a sport. Hey, esports are coming up and up. I'm talking broadly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch esports. Oh, if we're no. if we're gauging it by how much sports I watch, football is probably at the top of the list. Oh, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I just identify as a baseball boy. Oh. <laughs> Visible confusion. <laughs> I feel like Nick, you don't, you you lack a uh, like spirited competitiveness. Like you're a very, very even keel guy. <laughs> From what I've from what I've experienced of you, that's uh, fair. A lot are, of people say there that. are sports that aren't extremely competitive, right? Uh, yeah. Take for for instance, uh, like golf. Golf, not hugely competitive until you know Tiger Woods rolled up and started <laughs> breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's All a whole one. Every, that that at one point in golf was like the most shameful thing to have ever happened. To celebrate after a whole celebrating like that. Yeah, because most people would just like bow their head and walk away, and that'd be yeah, it. Clutching it their pearls. It was a gentleman's sport. But then Tiger Woods came in, the bad boy of golf. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a bad boy. Oh. Don't cheat on your wife. That's not cool. <laughs> but anyways. Ha-ha. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Good joke. Good joke for the comedy That podcast. wasn't even a joke. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You're right. You nailed it. Uh. You got it. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> Woo. Uh, six, six, seven minutes in and it's already going off the rails. Awesome. That's exactly what I love out of these. Um, <laughs> it really does. Perfect. So, but yeah, so all in all, I just need to kind of up my, uh, uh, expand my range of topics a little bit. So talk about one of my favorite events of the year. So yeah, we, we knew you were a sports fan. To you all with, did, but especially I, I football. I mean, we, we did cause we're his close tight knit group of friends, but Correcto. But we wouldn't have thought that like based on your previous topics, mm-hmm. like our, our 10 to 15 listeners out there maybe aren't so familiar with the inner workings of his mind. No, it, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend getting familiar with it either. It's just a bad, a bad experience for all involved. They're an enigma. <laughs> I think that most, I think that most football boys would say that about themselves. Yeah. Or generally <laughs> like a, well, especially if you played football, because then mm. it's like you have you've probably experienced some form of mental trauma at some point. Uh, <laughs> Ouch! Physical mental trauma. Yeah, no. CTE uh, like boys. My, like me personally, I love football despite the fact that I have had four concussions induced by football. Ouch! Yeah. Um, See, it's like it's like a really shitty. Yeah, all like of them diagnosed died. concussions. Yeah. I, I don't know how many concussions I got because if I got one, I got off the field and did not get it diagnosed. Mm. So that was my experience. Yeah. Protect your noggin. There was one that I couldn't help but be diagnosed because I got up and was dizzy and fell over. So yeah, that'll do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's That's like a, it's like a really shitty Stockholm syndrome though. 
Like, <laughs> like you, you love the sport, so you keep going back to get bullied on it? Yeah, exactly. Like, despite <laughs> the damage it has caused me, I still absolutely love it. Uh, which is really funny, because, like, when I played, I was not that big into football. It was just more of, like, something I did with my friends. Uh, yeah, but, like, as that's, that's it's how all gone sports are. On, yeah, but, like, as it's gone on, like, I've just fallen back in love with it. Uh, <laughs> and especially during, like, COVID and quarantining, I haven't gotten to see a lot of friends. And so football for me was almost like a, a parasitic relationship where I got like Gross. heavily invested <laughs> in the sport and the different teams and all the individual players. And that became like, in my mind, my friend group. Uh, yeah. It's really sad. Let me, put it, <laughs> let me put it like this. The only time I watch football is A, if it's on in the room or B, if it's, you know, the big game that just occurred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only two times I watch football. Gotcha. So let me ask you this: Do you two regularly watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. Regularly? No. Okay. No, I do not. Even this year, I watched half of it, and I didn't even watch the uh, halftime show. I got up and I left because I—it's just—it's <laughs> just not for me. That's he fair. just hates it. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, like even when the game's going on, I disassociate through the actual game, and like I'll sit through the commercials, uh, and that's about it. Has that always been the case? Funny. Yeah, for every Super Bowl, every game. The only time that I've ever enjoyed an NFL game is when I had a World Civ teacher who was absolutely fantastic. He was a huge Steelers fan, mm. as you are. Yes. Um, but you see, in my my pubescent days of aggression, I was a hometown hero and you know i was rooting for them cincinnati bangals mm. the bungles and as the girls are called <laughs> often he would uh propose wagers on steelers versus uh ah. versus bengals games but they would be like I'll, I'll buy you a coke and or like you'll have to buy me a coke if if i'm right <laughs> um all right you know, simple things that you can do with middle schoolers that won't get you fucking fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, and didn't, I remember, they didn't have FanDuel back then. <laughs> I remember when, when I was deep into the game was only when I had a, a Coke on the line waiting for me the next day at school and I could rub it in this teacher's face <laughs> in a friendly way. We were, we were pals, we were chums, but definitely in a, in a, uh, in a friendly way, say like, ha ha ha, our Bengals beat your Steelers and... And that that's really the only time I've ever found enjoyment watching yeah. football. And that's yeah. fair. <laughs> well, and that brings up like, well, first we'll get to uh, a little bit more about like what brings enjoyment about the NFL and the Super Bowl in general. But um, let's get a little bit back into the history of, of the game. We know the NFL as a whole. It is the only professional football uh, league that is currently occurring in the United States. Uh, There's the XFL, too. That is a very weird situation because this is not the first (laughs) time the XFL has been around either. (laughs) What's the XFL? The Extreme Football League. Oh, I thought it was experimental. Why are we doing an episode on that? Because I've never heard about that. We can do it in the future, but it's basically... Um, can we just tie it into this one? Yeah, sure. Actually, yeah. So the XFL... Let's start with the, the NFL as a whole. The NFL is the the league that we all know and love today. Started in 1920. Uh, eventually, because the that time was like actually allowed for competitiveness in like professional sports leagues, 
Uh, eventually, like 40 years later in the 60s, came the American Football League. Um, and they both vied for the same audience. And so eventually they came to the resolution of every single year they would play their own leagues. And then at the end of the year, the two best teams from each league would play each other in a championship game. That championship game eventually uh, became known as the Super Bowl. Um, and then eventually, and then along the ways, the NFL and the AFL, they're just kind of like, this is kind of dumb. We're just competing against each other for the same audience just to do all the same stuff. Why don't we just become the same thing and just merge our audiences together? And that's what we have today, the NFL, uh, the NFL with the individual conferences, the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. So right one of those conferences sides. was the XFL at one point? No. So this is where the XFL comes in. In okay. the 90s, I believe. Um, love was free. Love was free. <laughs> during, during In everyone's more garage, <laughs> garage <laughs> punk band concerts. Um, I was just over here shaking my head like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I forgot um, that Nick's from the 60s when so, love was really free. <laughs> time traveling. So I will say, I will say, the XFL, I am not as up to date on its history. Uh, but What from, teams are in the XFL? Oh, God, I can't even remember. None of them. <laughs> None of them that you would know. Let's put it like that. No, I can't remember anyone. Okay, but but can they make it into the Super Bowl? No. No, because it's a different league. That was just an agreement that the NFL and this the a- AFL made together. But right, I think if the XFL became more mainstream, I might start watching more football because mm. I'd want to see the XFL break the status quo. Gotcha. It's extreme. So... Right. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So, okay. Okay, so so my next question would be, what's the main difference between the XFL and classic football? Yeah, so the XFL was obviously a new uh, take on football in that it was formed first off by the, uh, it was formed as a joint venture with the World Wrestling Federation. Holy shit. Yeah. Ooh. Guys, guys, <laughs> why am I just now learning about this? Yeah. So what is this? <laughs> and it was meant to okay. take place immediately after the NFL season ended because okay. that way they, there could be football on all year round. Can I oh. paint a picture of what I think this is? Please do. Okay. What it sounds like to me is the football equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters where it's like rigged games and like they do all these fantastic stunts and just because the the wrestling that's tied into it makes me believe that like this is faked no so here's my here's my theory okay okay go ahead let's hear yours you what i i vaguely know about the experimental extreme football excuse me um i think that they don't drug test the athletes and they let them do you know whatever steroids whatever you know whatever they want to do and then they put them on the field and just wash them, you know, beat the heck out of each other, <laughs> like fist fights, you know, knives. Yeah, if I can, if I can wager a guess, please. I think, that, I think that the extreme football league is the exact same rules as football, except it's on horseback and everyone has. <laughs> That's polo. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> So That's polo. Surprisingly, I'm not a baseball guy. I'm a you're polo, polo guy. <laughs> <laughs> so surprisingly, Nick, you're not incredibly far off. But I can't okay. speak. To, I can't speak. They don't use weapons, and I can't speak to the validity of them, like all Wimps. being drugged up. But that's kind of like the whole vibe they tried to go for. 
So okay. it was made during the Attitude Era of wrestling, which is all about having these like big personalities. Uh, and they tried to carry that over to the football league where you have Hulk guys and stuff. who are like, so they allow you to put like your nickname as your backplate, as like your name on the back of your Jersey. Oh. They allowed extremely violent hits and collisions that were not the case in the NFL. Like one of the biggest complaints about the NFL right now is that they have taken uh, like the aggression out of the game. And this is over the last few years. Think about the aggression that's been taken out of the out of the NFL and multiply that by 10, and that's what the XFL had. So just hmm. a very violent, very uh, formed around these big personalities. Um, they did things like they like all the cheerleaders for the games were dressed like as minimally as possible. Uh, just pulled fully into that like late 90s, early 2000s culture, and it's it was a beautiful thing, but did not succeed very well, uh, and it eventually was disbanded. Okay, so the Extreme Football League is also um, the people who uh, put on the lingerie bowl, <laughs> um, which is, uh, to tie it kind of back around, it mm -hmm. is a... Uh, a superb owl halftime television special where basically women dress scantily uh, in pretty much what you would assume by the name, the lingerie bowl, mm -hmm. but they wear shoulder pads and helmets and they fuck each other up. Yep. Um, right. So, you know, if, if watching men fight wasn't fulfilling that male urge of yours mm -hmm. that the NFL promises, then you can switch over gears and be like, what if all of these players were extremely hot women? <laughs> maybe maybe that'll do it for me. Maybe that'll maybe that'll feed the urge that I feel inside of me. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then you should seek counsel. But that is what <laughs> or, the, or, the extreme football league is at least known for. Or right now. if neither of those two work, you go watch the puppy bowl. Oh, yeah, maybe the, the puppy, puppy bowl, bowl. But don't. Yeah. But if it's sexual, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but is what I'm if you're a little frisky, that. don't go watch the. <laughs> Friskers Bowl. I don't want you on that channel if that's what headspace you're in. But yeah, so let, going back to the XFL, it had its inaugural season in 2001. Uh, did not do terribly well. And as eventually... Expected. Probably because nobody heard about it. Well, it was actually advertised I very well. I never heard about this. Uh, during the time, it was advertised very well. But in, unfortunately... So its inaugural season was 2001, but unfortunately was ceased and disbanded also in 2001. <laughs> Guys, are we 100% sure that the XFL isn't just about scantily clad women playing football? Because that is all that I can find on this Google that's, search. That's that the I triple call. XFL. You're, that's what no, you're thinking this of. No, <laughs> this is the Extreme Football League. Even the Wikipedia page led me back to um, scantily clad look up, women. Look up XFL 2001, and then you'll find... The information. Okay, so maybe maybe the XFL was taken over by this, um, this it probably just made more money. Lingerie Come to think show. Of it. But anyway, so fast forward to last year, 2020, and the okay. XFL was rebooted by Vince McMahon of also. This is what I've heard. Him. Yep. Uh, and oh it, yeah, damn! Look at yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he's the doing meme. nowadays. <laughs> I wonder if he knows about the scantily clad women in the lingerie bowl, or if, oh, of course, like, doesn't sure know he that does. he's jumping on top of that. Have you seen <laughs> women's wrestling over the last few years? 
he's like, XFL? It's women in lingerie? No, XFL is a bunch of guys with knives stabbing each other <laughs> West Side Story style. Um, actually, <laughs> before, before like we fast forward to like today's XFL, uh, 2001 XFL, the original XFL, actually brought a lot of stuff that made its way into the NFL. So they it. were the first ones to incorporate things like sky cams. Uh, oh. So like the cameras that you uh. get above the field, they were the first ones. They were also the first ones to incorporate on-player microphones. So I, that's one of my favorite. Parts oh, it's one of the best of parts. NFL. <laughs> yeah, because they really, they really wanted to capture these like big personalities that were playing. So <laughs> it says that they were planning on bringing the XFL back, but it was actually uh, what what have we been calling it? The Panda Express. The Panda Express is what put an end to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the they did have Panda Express. They had one full season. They had one full season that happened uh-huh. last year. Uh, I think, yeah, 2020. Uh, and unfortunately, it lost a lot of money because of the Panda Express. And <laughs> the XFL is still going and is now owned by one Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No way. Yeah, oh, I yeah. know that name. <laughs> Um, which they like even today they're still doing things that are very different from the NFL that people really want to see incorporated. So they they were the first they they do this thing where uh, instead of just like going to commercial during like a play review, which is like can be an, a play review could be initiated by like a coach or the referees or the referee center in I think New York who oversee all the games. Um, but what they d- actually would do is they would. Instead of cutting to commercial, they go to the rules analyst. So, like, you see the refs actually talking to people. They cut mm-hmm. to the people that they're talking to as they're watching the film and give you a live feed of what they're talking about during those reviews. So you actually understand how they came to the conclusion that they did. Because there are so yeah. many times where even after a review, you just get pissed at what happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so, so we have two teams we can choose between for the XFL. Okay. <laughs> uh, according to where we're at right now, and I want to know where you guys stand on it. Um, either you can do here. Here are your options. The first one is the, and these are equally distant from where we are, so you can pick either one. Um, the Chicago Enforcers. So that's that's option that's option A. Okay. Option B, um, from the other side of the track, from the Western Division, is the Memphis. Main maniacs. Uh, <laughs> they're from Memphis, Tennessee, of course. And uh, y- you got to identify with one of them. But I, what I will say is, I think I'm a maniac. I'm a, I'm a maniac head personally. <laughs> Chicago enforcers. Ooh, oh, uh, you're going with the sh- the Chicago enforcers. I love Chicago. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right, there. They have good pizza. <laughs> so <laughs> they have messed can, up you pizza. You can pick something so else because I know that you're you're a kind of guy who will who will go with a team rather than a location. Yeah. So Michael, if you want to go with a different one, you totally can. But I think that's that's where I put my 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 coin in. There's one that I want to follow um called the Dallas Renegades. Uh and I want Ooh. to follow them specifically because their starting quarterback his name is Landry Jones. He oh. is the former backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So gotta gotta stay in line with that. Bring any connection. Okay. I have. I'm okay. sorry. I actually I actually changed my mind because I just found out that there's a team called the Orlando Rage. Yeah. 
rage oh my god if there's anything i know about florida it's that the people are fucking crazy the orlando rage <laughs> the raging cajuns i, I want i, I want just, memphis i imagine that i want memphis to change its name to the machine the memphis oh. machine so that way we but can do it we can I, have a game where it's the rage against the machine <laughs> Rage Against the Machine, oh my god, you're a comedic genius. This is the best joke that we've had on the entire goddamn podcast. Run and run your family! That is honestly the best. With the a pocket full of shit. So, so, I can imagine playing for the Orlando Rage, that guy who, like, tore a man's face off. Oh, oh cast him. I would cast, cast, because I'm a fucking theater nerd. <laughs> I would, uh... <laughs> I would, I would... <laughs> shut up. I would <laughs> expose yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm I would cast him right as now. the guy on bath salts. <laughs> no, come on. The bath salts guy who tore the man's face off. I would recruit him. I would recruit him as the defensive back because that man would tear into the backfield and rip their fucking quarterback's face off. He would. Off. That'd be incredible. Literally. What I really want the XFL to be is like, have you ever, have you two ever seen The Longest Yard? Oh, no. that's exactly what I'm imagining. Oh my God, that's yes. what I want the XFL to be is just like line up like, like uh, that's pr- actually the prison guards versus prisons. You're referring to yeah oh. <laughs> the birmingham thunderbolts versus the chicago enforcers that's the exact game you're talking about <laughs> okay so so most of us here were born and raised in our old kentucky homes mm-hmm. um so let's let's together try to come up with a with a with an XFL team for Kentucky, what do you guys think we would be? Well, so Kentucky has actually had a football team in the Arena Football League. Oh yeah, uh, they were the uh, the Newport River Monsters. Hey, that's pretty good. Like Newport, as in across from Cincinnati. Yeah. All right. What? Let me. Look okay, well that's that. that's pretty good. Oh no, not Newport, Northern Kentucky River Monsters. There you that's, go. That's. Actually, I know a, one of my old friends from when I played football. His dad was, I think, in that league. Yeah, so it existed from 2010 to 2014. Uh, and that was a part of the XFL? No, this was a part of the uh, Ultimate Indoor Football League. Um, I see. Yeah, so, so it's like, like a, a step like a, below the Essentially NFL. like a C league. <laughs> not not oh. a step below, but like two or three steps below. Because usually see. when people think of like a step below the NFL, they think of like the Canadian Football League, the CFL, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which like is actually like really cool because there's very different rules. Um, but there have been people that have come from the CFL and have actually turned into incredible players in the NFL. Uh, hmm. Like there is a guy named Kurt Warner who uh, he was the quarterback for the St. Louis Rams uh, when mm-hmm. they went on a run of winning either two or three uh, Super Bowl championships. Uh, and they were known as the greatest show on turf. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's funny. so good! Yeah, there's some great nicknames from football. Uh, okay, there's so the goat. Don't forget the goat. I, mm. <laughs> I think it's fair to assume, just from the picture that I'm looking at. Okay, 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 okay. So the River Monsters played at NKU, yeah. Northern Kentucky University, mm-hmm. that stadium. These hey, fields are baby they're so yeah. cute yeah they're so tiny <laughs> oh my god this Teensy is so weensy. this is so cute okay so um here's here's what my 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 next question is is if there was an xfl team for kentucky we have to come up with a, a name that's scary that's gonna strike fear into the eyes of of our competitors uh what would that name be mm. 
The Cincinnati Bengals. No, they suck. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we know that. I'm sorry. Are um, we talking about like for Northern Kentucky or for us? Just for, well, for, for us, but for Kentucky as a whole. Well, I was going to say if it's for us, we could do like uh, the Entertain This Aliens. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Because we're out of this world, baby. Well, that, and I was going to say, like, my logic to get there was Entertain This, E.T., E.T. Phone Home, E.T.'s an alien. All right. Okay. All right. Excellent work. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Excellent work, Michael. I think for just Kentucky as a whole, I think the Frankfurt Frankensteins is pretty good. Ooh. <laughs> the okay. the Frankfurt Frankenfurters. <laughs> oh. Frankenfurters. <laughs> and they all wear fishnets. <laughs> God, we're geniuses. Oh my God. Trademark trademark oh, that. I love Somebody it. Quality. Nick, but get on that. Get on the There's a fun the there's a fun the fact law. about the River Monsters, actually. Um so when they existed, there they had a guy who previously played as the quarterback for the UK Wildcats. Um, yeah, pretty he, famous football team. He a then lot more famous went on team. to play in the NFL as a backup. Uh, he was a backup behind Eli Manning, who was the quarterback for the New oh, York so Giants. He never got to play. No, he unfortunately. I think he might have played like some some like uh, garbage time. It's like when when the game didn't actually matter. But he was yeah, the backup was like for up Eli 57. Manning for one of their Super Bowl wins. Uh, and so Jared Lorenzen is his name. I don't know if I said it before, but he has uh, he has a Super Bowl ring. He was the general manager for the Northern Kentucky River Monsters. After they couldn't find a quarterback or a good one, he eventually relieved himself of his duties to come back and play quarterback for the team. Uh, oh, man. And Jared Lorenzen, rest in peace. He unfortunately died last year. Um, he has an incredible nickname. It is the Hefty Lefty. Oh. <laughs> and if you look at pictures of Jared Lorenzen, he is the definition of a unit, of an absolute <laughs> unit. Um, I've seen I, pictures of some of the linemen they have, like on uh, you know NFL professional teams. Yeah. They're big boys. They're like 6'5 you know, like and 300 pounds. Guys, I think that I've checked this guy's groceries out before. Possibly. <laughs> it's very it's possible. Crazy. He oh, lived man. up here in this area a, for a long time. He he's a big a boy. Unit. Yeah, this man is. So he hit at some point after his playing days around 500 pounds, um, and he started to lose a lot of the weight. And unfortunately, that's when he passed. Uh, <laughs> but can we just he, take a take a quick second to talk about the River Monsters uniforms? Oh, they're awful. They're scales. Yeah, they're scales. <laughs> they're fish scales. They huh. turn every player into fish. Yeah. That's funny. But it's really unfortunate because Jared is a, he was a very much larger than life personality uh, to go along with his larger than life physique. Uh, all around, <laughs> just incredible person uh, that unfortunately the world lost a little too soon. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyways, what are we here to talk about the Super Bowl? <laughs> I forgot. Uh, the, I did want to throw in a little fact about the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, go for it. That's, did you know that? Everybody who is associated with the team gets a Super Bowl ring if they were to win that, mm-hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. So even like, so if you're the the locker room custodian, you get one of them shiny little rings if <laughs> your yep. your team wins the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. That's cool. You could, you could be you could be the guy who picks up the jock straps at the end of the night. You get one of those rings. Yeah, no. That's it's... why you see a lot of Super Bowl rings in like pawn shops and stuff. 
most of the time it doesn't actually belong to the players. Those rings are just like belong to like those kind of people. Right. They're yeah. they aren't real diamonds though, right? I mean No, they are, of course. And and I think you also have to pay for the ring before you actually get it. Like you have to pay for it. I don't know okay. actually. I Down payment type either. of thing. For a super bowl ring. Because those things are going for like two point five million dollars depending on what you're the from. And which team won. I don't know. Um I don't know. I'm not going to spend too much time Googling to find it out. But, um, but yeah, so where, where did I leave off with this? We started with, uh, it started as the A or the NFL AFL championship game. Um, eventually they co-opted it or the nickname for it originally started, it started as the ball, but eventually became the title of the game. And mm. it gets the reason why we call it a bowl because uh, that's very odd for any sort of like championship game. Because uh, outside of football, I don't think anything is called a bowl, um, <laughs> except for the things you eat soup out of, of course. Yeah, is <laughs> because it originally started with uh, the Rose Bowl. So if you two don't know the Rose Bowl, that is the. Of course, we know the Rose Bowl. That's it college. has a goddamn parade yeah. attached to it. <laughs> yeah, if there's and... a parade, I fucking know about it. <laughs> Which it, it gets its parade. name. <laughs> It gets its name as the Rose Bowl. That's a weird from addition, the parade Nick, to just throw in there. <laughs> just saying, you just They're like fun. Uh, to identify <laughs> and throw in with the idea of parades, the Gay Pride Parade, for for instance. Great parade. It's a fun thing to just <laughs> I, throw in there. I just decided to talk over you, so it's fine. I didn't hear it. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Ignore me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it actually gets its name of the Rose Bowl from the parade because the parade is called the Rose Tournament Tournament Parade. Um, oh. And it is called a bowl because the stadium, it looks like a bowl. All football fields look like bowls. Right. And so now every single championship game that happens for football is referenced as a bowl game. To kind of reference in the Rose Bowl and why it is uh, called the Rose Bowl, the parade uh, consists of floats that are decorated entirely with flowers uh, and all have... Uh, roses included within them. I told you I, I know a lot about parades. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but this parade, for example, uh, instead of having large plastic and vinyl balloons of characters, they'll build the characters out of instead uh, like daffodils and uh, dandelions and different types of flora and fauna, and that's what they make the floats out of. Hmm, nice. All right. Yeah. So so but but all each of those floats have to include roses. And that's why gotcha. it's called the Rose Parade. Gotcha. The Rose Bowl. Have you ever been? It's because of the flowers. No, but I've watched it on TV a lot. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because it happens. It's out an artistry in, making parade floats. That happens out in Pasadena, I believe. California. Mm -hmm. Calif California. The flower capital of the world, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Thought they'd be Holland. But yeah. Um, Spider Man? No. <laughs> so. We've had the Super Bowl now since the mid 1960s. Uh, gone on to today. Happened a few a uh, few days ago, and um, I don't know. It I'm trying to figure out how I, I'm trying to figure out as I'm talking about it what I want to talk about because there's so much history involved in it. Um, Dude, if it were up to me, we would have bled the extreme football league dry. <laughs> that seemed like a lot of shit there. A lot of good content. Hey, maybe we can come back to it someday. After it has yeah, a little maybe. bit more history to cover. Uh, That'd be oof. great. 
But so if anybody from the extreme football league is listening to this podcast, first off, how, why? And second <laughs> off, if you guys need people to un- like announce the shows, Michael and I will, will gladly do it. And, and Nick will gladly be our producer. I will gladly be on the field taking the hits for you guys. Oh my wow. God. That's incredible. Yeah. You can be the on the field reporter. <laughs> I would love 170 that. pounds and 5'8 <laughs> out of Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> so let's see. The Super Bowl is the championship game. It happens after a series of playoff games. Um, that ha- that now they so they recently expanded the playoff format to include, I believe, um, nine teams. Um, mm-hmm. So that way you get uh, four games. Yeah, you get four games between two teams, all within their own conferences, um, and one team gets by, and eventually that culminates into two games uh, where you have the. AFC championship and the NFC championship. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how they split the entire playoff picture. Um, and then the last game, the Super Bowl, that happens in a game of the AFC versus the NFC uh, to keep the original ties of the AFL NFL world championship. Right. Um, From what I understand, this, this big game is the pinnacle of each season in it that like every game that a team plays NFL or otherwise uh it is leading up to this game like everything matters so that you can make it to this game and mm-hmm. basically your goal your goal from day from the preseason is to get to this game yeah mhm exactly um which it's like it's a very obviously it's a very hard thing to do to win like only one team can win uh out of 32 uh, but there are a few teams that have managed to win it more than others. Uh, as a as a Steelers yeah, by fan, deflating the goddamn footballs. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, um, where like for me, growing up a Steelers fan, I was born in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was kind of indoctrinated from a young age because my dad is a major Steelers fan, as he grew up right outside of Pittsburgh and spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. Um, so I grew up like being sat in front of the TV for the different games. Uh, but for a long period of time, I actually didn't care about football. Um, and so like anytime the game came on, it was just kind of like, okay, cool. I'm going to go hang out with friends. Tell me when the, the halftime show is on so I can watch Prince. Um, (laughs) uh, but there was one time where I remember Prince's performance. Prince's performance is legendary. Oh yeah, his his stage was his symbol. Was oh my incredible. gosh, his purple performance rain. of "Purple Rain" in the rain, as if God Himself called magic the water down upon him for the greatest performance. Oh, incredible. I really think Prince chose to leave this earth. He went, you know what? I've done it all. Yeah, time to go. I've <laughs> had a good one. The dude was possibly one of the best musicians to ever live. Um. And he just that's like, a whole nother episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> do it. Do it. <gasps> it wasn't until I was, I think, 12 where I was on a ski trip with my dad and a few friends. And we were out in Denver um, where we were at a hotel and the Steelers versus Seahawks in Super Bowl XL. Um, 
because they they number all the Super Bowls by Roman numerals to be fancy. Um, I don't remember what XL actually translates to. Extra large. I think it's fifty. <laughs> no, no, that'd I be forty. Forty. Yep. Okay. Cool. I'll believe you. Um, I hope God you you guys are right. I'm and not, here I'm here's why over. because the L means fifty. And if you put oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. X before the L, that means forty. Yeah, look at you being all smart and stuff. Uh, Hey, if at some point you guys want me to read through the top sixteen most notable Super Bowl scandals, you just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Scandals? There's there's one scandal that I remember very fondly, Um, but it actually had to that after the yeah that you're you're making. I was gonna say it it had nothing to do with the actual football that was played. Um, Hmm. But yeah, so I I was sitting down watching the Steelers versus the Seahawks in Super Bowl 40. um, And my dad had bought me a Ben Roethlisberger kids football jersey. I was wearing that to get get into the mood. And it was the first time I was ever enamored with any sporting event while watching it on TV. Like, I remember specific plays that happened during that game. Uh, that have just stuck with me for 15 years now. Um, Where it's like there is a play where the running back for the Steelers, Willie Parker, broke out, I believe, a 79-yard touchdown run, uh, which still holds the record for the longest rushing play in whole history. Uh, There was the infamous gadget play where the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, pitched it to a wide receiver reverse, so basically, the wide receiver came back around from the outside to being behind the quarterback. His name was Antoine Randall L. And he tossed an iconic ball throw or passing throw. I don't know why I'm tripping over my words right now. He threw the ball uh, to Heinz Ward uh, for a touchdown, which was just an incredible play. Was one of the, it culminated in one of the best pictures of. Uh, the NFL ever the the picture of Heinz Ward uh, skipping into the end zone, <laughs> uh, and I think it's it's really cool that the Super Bowl always ends up, no matter what, every single year having plays like that. Where I feel like you are a big fan of it. There's always uh, iconic plays that happen in every single one, like some throughout the years that I that particularly stand out to me. The helmet catch. Um, where it was Eli Manning versus Tom Brady, New York Giants versus uh, the New England Patriots. I don't mm-hmm. remember wh- exactly what year it was, but uh, this was the year, I believe, for the Patriots to become the first team since the 70-something Dolphins. So it had been like 40 years since a team went with a perfectly undefeated season, 16-0, and uh, win <laughs> every single game and the and the. Uh, Patriots were one game away and Eli Manning managed to come back and break them <laughs> with just absolute batshit play after batshit play after batshit play to come back and win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's instances of the Steelers versus the Arizona Cardinals uh, where this is the aforementioned, uh, we talked about him earlier and his name is now escaping me, uh, quarterback for the St. Louis Rams, played in the CFL, Kurt Warner. Uh, he was playing his final season for the Super Bowl, and the Arizona Cardinals were up 
and as the final play as the final drive the Steelers had to drive the entire length of the field with only a minute and something seconds uh and it ended up culminating in one of the greatest catches in history uh Ben Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes in the back corner of the end zone perfectly placing it getting his two feet down inbounds for anyone who doesn't know NFL rules you can contact gotta have two feet contact entertain the support and I'll email you back and we can talk about football. <laughs> great now we have to make an entertain the support email that's fine <laughs> entertain this podcast at gmail.com yeah send it to send it to entertain this dot support at entertain this dot net it'll get somewhere we don't know where or it'll you, go somewhere or you can go to our website and find my twitter handle from there and just message me on there i i would love to talk about football with anyone and everyone <laughs> direct all your football related questions to michael yeah. and don't don't but, involve me because you'll get a silly answer but that's just michael the, without a cause that's just kind of the long-winded <laughs> way of me saying like the super bowl is always memorable always yeah and like i'm sure even for you guys like there are like who don't really actively watch football i'm sure there's things from that you always remember whether or not it's actually related to football as we talked about before there's always the halftime show yep which is what most people actually tune in for (laughs) i actually skipped it this year i didn't honestly it was against uh probably a good thing the weekend yeah but i i hear that his uh his performance at halftime was the culmination of months and months and months of music video backstory that i was not a part of and mm-hmm. so i did not seek to see the ending of it that's yeah. pretty cool i guess yeah that is pretty cool i wish i knew more about it it was yeah, it's a really cool concept but was not executed super well and i feel bad for uh el senior weekend um <laughs> but he just i just think it's l weekend l weekend it? uh i don't know senior l weekend l weekend without the e of course it's just weekend <laughs> I feel, but I feel so bad for him because, like, I love his music, but the actual performance was just not that great, especially in comparison to past performances. Like, um, he's okay, and his performance was also okay. Yeah, like last That's year we had <laughs> Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. That was pretty good. Absolutely great performance. We've had Michael Jackson in the past. Yep. Uh, Possibly one of Janet the, Jackson, Janet Jackson, and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> the nip slip. <laughs> yep, and that's what we referred to before. The uh, that, <laughs> one of those big. Sorry, scandals. I'm still on that list, and that was the number one. No, you're good. Yeah, no, it's everyone flipped a shit over that. Yeah, like, <laughs> when did what year did that happen? 2004, I think. 2004. Yeah, yeah. 2004. Okay, so I was 10. <laughs> I was 10 years old. Uh, You're trying to see boobies left and right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and like for me, that was the first time I ever saw saw like boobs ever. You didn't yeah. see the entire thing. You could pause the video and you just it's that much. That much is slipping out. I mean, you gotta you gotta think this is back before HD TV. That's so true. we're like yeah. able to physically count the pixels on screen. <laughs> Yeah, Look, the lines. You, if you're about to perform in the Super Bowl, there should have been so many rigorous tests performed. Like put some pasties sure that on that. That was not even in the picture of things to happen. Yeah, I mean, I still firmly believe that that is that was a purposeful thing. Like they definitely meant for that to happen, but maybe not for the actual nip slippage to happen. <laughs> um, hmm. 
I think it was a wardrobe. It, it was definitely a wardrobe malfunction, but like yeah. it was an instigated wardrobe malfunction. Mm-hmm. Do you think Justin Timberlake did it? We watched him do it. He's on you think camera. That he did it. Did it on purpose. Justin Timberlake did this. He did. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> no, I. I think, again, I think I think it was a matter of like I don't want to get into a Super Bowl conspiracy theory. This um, I do. <laughs> I'll I'll say that like I think he they purposefully tried to remove an item of clothing, but they just removed one extra layer than they intended to. Oopie doopies. Yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, there should be less up, uptight about it, you know. <laughs> That's my two cents. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I want so, you on another little secret here. I'm mm-hmm. actually um very much a Patriots fan. Uh Oh, you motherfucker. My, no, 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 but here's the thing, okay? My mom is from New England, mm-hmm. and a lot of my family is from there, too. Um, so they obviously love Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. this this big game season that happened, she was rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I was sitting there, and I was rooting along with them, just because, you know, when you, when you have somebody that's, like, really engaged in the game, and they want a specific team to win... You're obviously going to glom onto that energy and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go team. Let's go, you know, and all that. So I kind of get caught up in it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, first it's like in order of priority, Bengals fan first, because I'm born and raised in Cincinnati, obviously. Mm-hmm. We hate the Steelers for some reason. I don't really understand that f- much. <laughs> because but Because they broke Carson Palmer's leg in his like first season. <laughs> first season. <laughs> Basically, it was like the first we time like, the Bengals went to the every... playoffs in a long yeah. time. <laughs> And, yeah. and like the first game of the playoffs, they took the one thing that got us to the playoffs away. So yep. yeah, that, that is, uh, that is why we yeah. don't, we don't like them squealers, do we? Um, but then after that, I mean, it's Patriots, Patriots all the way. Cause they always win. It's not squealers, it's Schittsburg, Schittsburg, Schittsburg. I'm sorry. Yes. They stole the playoffs from Steelers is bad enough. Honestly, <laughs> take it from a man whose last name is, is steel. It's bad enough. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. F in the chat for Alex. It's okay. Yeah, true. Uh, I I whenever it comes to like Cleveland Browns fans or Bengals <laughs> fans when they try and like talk shit about the Steelers they can I always, I always think of that Scarlet Witch Thanos meme of <laughs> Scarlet Witch you took everything from me and then the Steelers I don't even know who you are <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But after he says that, he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, and that it panned out exactly like it did this year, where the Cleveland Browns kicked our ass in the playoffs. That's fucking right. Let's yeah. go Browns. <laughs> hey, it's could cool. be Ohio a new Sports. dawn. Down. Wait. <laughs> I hope it's not, not but one. it could be a new dawn. <laughs> uh, so I've I've kind of droned on about like all the stuff that I remember from past bowls. Is there anything that you guys remember? Hmm. Nope. Uh. Probably the Patriots winning oh, so much. <laughs> I remember Katy Perry dancing with sharks. Oh, yeah, left shark. Left shark meme. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I remember the memes. That's how I remember Super Bowls. That shouldn't surprise you, though. No. Because I, I remember I love it. the Walt Disney World commercials that always followed, where they're like, Yeah. You just won the blah, blah, blah. Where are you going? And they're like, I'm going to Disney World. And then they get paid millions of dollars to get to go to Disney World for free. Yeah. So that yep. was actually a thing that started with. Um, I can't remember his name. I'm gonna look it up real quick. But that was actually a paid thing that Disney paid the quarterbacks uh, to say after the game, after they win. So it was, <laughs> I think, 
Oh, no, I can't remember. I'm not going to try and even speak on it because I might even have my years wrong. But so essentially Disney play paid the two opposing quarterbacks that when you win the game, we want you to say, I'm going to Disneyland. Uh, obviously, one team won. So some guy just made off with like five thousand free dollars. Um, <laughs> five thousand seems low. Well, it was a different time. <laughs> Fair enough. Back, Money was back. worth a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that started then, and now it's just become a essentially a meme, where every time a, someone wins the Super Bowl, they say they're going to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's silly. We haven't even talked about the commercials either, because that's like no, what everyone remembers. The commercials are the next big thing. That's so like before, what everyone before, talks about. Before I start talking about commercials, are there any any Super Bowl commercials that you two particularly remember? Bud Knight. Bud Knight? I know the, mm-hmm. the, the Clydesdale horses always make their way in. Yeah, Bud it's Weiser. always Budweiser. They always win, like this bull. Every year, they're like, <laughs> we can make something memorable and just insert it into the psyche of the American they're people. They're like, you guys like dogs? You guys like horses? What about dogs and horses and beer? <laughs> you guys like pee-tasting beer? <laughs> it's so, not very good. Yeah, no. There's... So we had to do a lot of research before we started this, and this feels like a good time to kind of jump in with that mm-hmm. about like using the 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 term to which I'm still afraid to use. So I'll just say big game. But if we're talking about advertising, like I think this is a good time to be like, man, that's fucking weird. Takes the cake. Mm-hmm. Six hundred. Wait, how much is it for a thirty second ad? Can somebody look that up? No, I mean like even to just like be deemed the official beer of so and so or like the official snack of so and so. It costs like tens of millions of billions of dollars. Like it's yeah. an outrageous amount of money to even associate yourself with the product. And the yeah. NFL is like super like strict about what can and can't use. Oh, yeah. The term in which I am still afraid to use, but we have already said, and I personally have said a couple times. <laughs> it's like Voldemort. It's hard. You're not it's to say hard Voldemort. Not to say it. Yeah. Yeah. He who uh, shall not be named. I, from what I just found, uh, it cost more than five million dollars to run a thirty-second ad. Five million dollars, and we're sitting here wondering, well, how do, how come the quarterback gets paid so much? It's advertising dollars. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but I mean the. Commercials probably pay for the rest of the the season. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah, for the, everybody. So the this gets into a weird thing that is happening this next year. But um, so with all the closures due to Panda Express, um, <laughs> yep, where like a lot of stadiums couldn't get people in, uh, they actually for the first time in I think thirty years or so, there's this thing called the salary cap. Uh, where it's like a limit for how much teams can spend on players, and they do that to incentivize competitiveness across the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be the first time, I think, since its inception, where the salary cap is actually going to go down. Oh. And that's strictly oh, due to the lack of attendance for games, because that is the main revenue generator. Yeah, I mean, it costs, yeah, what, boy. 100 bucks for cheap seats in the nosebleeds here, here in Cincinnati? So, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, at the same time, it's it's one of those things like, oh, boo-hoo, you're going to have to not buy the second yacht this time. But it's a thing. It's an issue, and it really affects the well, the, the team to, as a whole. To humanize it a little bit more than just, like, herder, like, no more, like, second yacht. Um, <laughs> so 
it actually ends up meaning that uh, for most teams that they can't sign the same players that they would normally be able to sign. And so oh. because even if it's just like a $10 million salary salary cap drop, like that can mean like three or four people lose their job uh, on each team. Yeah, and I guess this, this this has kind of been a thorn on my side, but you know the stadium, the big nice stadium that we have downtown? Um, yeah. That's taxpayer dollars. Yeah. So if you're not using it, <laughs> then that's coming out of, well, Hamilton County. I don't live there, but... I mean, somebody's got to pay for it, and usually it's yeah. the people that are living in the state. So yeah, there's a please lot of use contention. the damn stadium. There's a lot of contention <laughs> with that, where there's a lot of team stadiums that are funded by taxpayers, but none of the profit goes back to taxpayers. Yeah, um, it's like, well, what am I paying for then? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> which like you're paying for the tourism that comes with like that's true. Yeah, teams and the rev- you're, you're and... kind of the revenue gen or the tax dollar generation that comes from it too. Yeah, it's it's yeah. priming the pump a little bit. I understand that. Yeah, but it it also like now that I think about it, there was recently a gesture for uh, the NFL is opening up all of its team stadiums to be used as locations for delivering the or for administering the uh, the Panda the Express, Panda Express vaccine. vaccine. Yeah, nice. Like a really Good cool gesture. Really cool. But it also just kind of makes fucking sense because all of the <laughs> stadiums were built with taxpayer money. <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean, they can seat like what fifty thousand people or something like that. Might as yeah, well. Yeah, something crazy. Um, just to clear something up, we say Panda Express because it sounds like pandemic. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we say it. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> well, I just feel that's necessary to say. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic. We'll call it that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, going back to the commercials, though, like. So we talked about like the, there's the Budweiser horse, uh, yep. that is a long-standing standout. But then you have like the one-off like crazy commercials. Like one of them <laughs> was the uh, uh, puppy baby monkey or something. Yeah, that was fucking. Do you all, I don't even remember. Did you remember. see that Mr. one? Mr. Peanut killed himself. Yeah, who killed that himself? Mister Mister Peanut killed himself, and then he's no. Uh, yeah, he was reborn, and then throughout the last year, it was a PR stunt to watch. Mr. Peanut grow up, and then by by the next big game, he was Mr. Peanut again. Yep. Huh. Yeah. So like a okay. few a few months ago, he was uh, he turned twenty one. Somehow yeah, that was a big old <laughs> celebration. There was a there was a live stream that was his baby monitor. You'd watch him like wander around his room and like play with shit live. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Man, it's too much money. There's yeah always like, have too much money. There's always like really <laughs> famous ones too. Like there's the coca-cola ads are oh, always yeah. killer um like the, the most the probably the, the, the kylie jenner pepsi one yeah there's that one which like you end, <laughs> oh end boy ra- end racism that one aged and, poorly yeah, basically end racism with a pepsi <laughs> here take this people tried that at the at the recent riots turned out it didn't didn't work <laughs> no the recent yeah, I mean, like, when they were seizing the Capitol, people were walking up to the guards with Pepsis and being like, <laughs> Hey, you want a can Pepsi? Get in? <laughs> yeah. Hey, can we get in? It's like, no. Get out of here. <laughs> no! <laughs> but, so, like, commercials always end up generating their own memes, too. Like That's why I like them. Yeah, like, uh, the big one was the uh, Mean Joe Green Coke ad, or Pepsi ad, I think, where Mean Joe... Oh, where it's like, yeah, it was like, here, kid, have this. He like throws him 
something. Yeah, he throws him his towel, like his his uh, his towel from the game, or no, his jersey, his jersey. Uh, mm. It's Joe Green was a very very famous player for the Steelers back in the seventies, and the commercial was as Joe Green is coming off the field after a win, looking very disheveled and tired. A kid finds him in the in the hall and goes, "Hey Joe." <laughs> <laughs> Take my Coke. Joe takes it and goes like, here's to you, kid. <laughs> and that's been used in like, that's been referenced in like Family Guy, uh, South Park, uh, The Simpsons. Like any major cartoon has like done their own version of that as like a hmm. skit. And even like, uh, did you guys remember the the movie, not Role Models, it was Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, as they play cops. Daddy's Home? Oh, the good guys. The good guys. Uh, they even referenced that kind of with Derek Jeter coming down uh, the hall and Mark Wahlberg accidentally shoots Derek Jeter before the World Series. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, America after all. <laughs> yeah. But then there's like, there's one in particular that I remember that is like very niche. Uh, it was the E-Trade baby. <laughs> Do you two remember E-Trade at all? I remember E-Trade because it had the the little cartoon, didn't it? I don't remember about cartoon. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It kind of looked like Red Bull. Red Bull's cartooning mm-hmm. style. Maybe? Maybe. But So E-Trade is kind of like Free Robin Hood. Hey, we're not sponsored by any of these people. No. <laughs> Big old disclaimer. Slap that on the top. <laughs> but E-Trade was kind of like the, the Robin Hood before Robin Hood. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was like a place for people to be able to go and trade and buy stocks. And they had a commercial where it was basically just a baby that was able to talk in front of their computer screen, just telling us what E-Trade is. And that ended up spawning years and years of commercials. One that I'm sure that I know that we have referenced, maybe not knowingly, uh, but it's the one of him on a plane with his other baby friend. And the other baby thinks that his dad is around. And so he's just yelling, Dad? 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 <laughs> and that was... Yeah, I've definitely referenced that, maybe even unknowingly. Yeah, like during uh, like early high school, that was a big thing that my friends and I would constantly <laughs> reference and is now just carried over into my adult life. Yep. That's fun. <sighs> Jeez, great memes. Yeah. Good memes. Great but, memes, lots of money, good football. Yep. So all in all... It is an incredible, incredible experience. Something that I want to eventually go and experience in person, but tickets cost like one and a half thousand dollars. Lots not of money. If you're, not if you're Sean from Boy Meets World. That's, <laughs> I never saw Boy Meets World, so I don't know. Okay, there's an episode where um, Mr. Feeney, the titular teacher character, I guess this is what we're going to end end this section of the episode on. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess that's where we're at. But there's the, the titular teacher character, Mr. Feeney, tells Sean that he uh, won't ever accomplish anything if he doesn't set his mind to something and put all of his effort into it. And he makes a bet with Mr. Feeney that he can get tickets to the Super Bowl. And he he basically says, like, if I can get tickets to the Super Bowl, you have to pass me because he was going to be held back and basically be taken off the show. Because if you're not in the same class as the main character, you might as well not even be in the show. <laughs> but he he makes this bet with Mr. Feeney and it's the episode where he's sitting up on a billboard with uh a a uh a person of of 
Arctic nationality. Um, and it's like a cold day in February, and it's whoever is the last to get off the billboard gets two tickets to the Super Bowl. And he like gives up and like gets down. And everybody's like, oh, he's not going to get it. Like, that's the end of it. But then the last shot, they're like, where's Sean? And you, it, they turn to the TV and Sean's on TV at the big game holding a sign that says, Mr. Feeney, I made it. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, how'd he do it? And he like went in and like he snuck into the Super Bowl and oh. basically didn't give up and put his mind to it. And he made it. And that was the big lesson that we took away from that episode of Boy Meets World. But uh, I guess the moral of this episode of Entertain This is... Uh, try, <laughs> try your best, and if you try your best, you just might make it to the big game, even if it means breaking the law. Breaking the law. Stay breaking in school. Uh, don't do drugs unless your doctor prescribes them, and uh, or if you're just really chill. Yeah, just or if you're a just real really cool chill. dude. Yeah. Um, if you're just awesome, <laughs> eat your vegetables. That's another one. <laughs> Sorry, don't do drugs, guys. Hey, when we come back from this short little intermission. Uh, Nick's gonna take us on a quick this, but first, enjoy this uh, this tiny review by another man named Nick. Let's go. <laughs> the less thick one. Hello, entertain this fans and other podcast aficionados. This is Nick, the other Nick, back at it again with a another movie review coming out of the Sundance Film Festival 2021. Last episode, I discussed the film In the Earth, and this week, this episode, we're going to be talking about a little film called Censor. And Censor was written and directed by a woman named Prano Bailey Bond, and the synopsis is as follows. After viewing a strangely familiar video nasty, Enid, a film censor, sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. So the premise for Censor, uh, as I, you know, sort of illustrated in the synopsis, had me incredibly intrigued um, as I, I adore the whole video nasty phenomenon. Uh, video nasties, if you don't know, are basically low-budget horror and exploitation films that were released on cassette. These films were often um, criticized for their ultra-violent nature. Um, and were subject to a lot of bannings in certain countries, primarily the UK. Um, and I, I just like classic VHS film, cassettes, uh, 35mm print. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I have an affinity for old-fashioned filmmaking and just uh, classic sort of um, you know video stores and pulling off some weird, obscure... B movie that stars Dennis Quaid and you're like I don't know where this came from but how have I not seen this movie you know just just some weird shit ostensibly um so I was really excited to check this film out but uh as it turns out though I found myself more pleased actually with how censor ended more than the entire film overall so performances, though, all around are fairly strong, um, specifically the main actress, which I'm about to butcher her name, Niamh Al Gore. She was particularly good. You could feel the struggle that she had to maintain control in the service of her job that she truly believed in whilst triggering memories from her past continue to haunt her as she continues pursuing her job in this quest to find out what the case is with this um, particular film that she views and and how it may or may not tie into her past uh, so you kind of get to see her thread that line of kind of losing it but also being very much 
in control of who she is and what her quest is. Uh, there's a few surprises in the film that keeps the story turning, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, the ending, the third act, has some really fun and visually exciting moments. But to say that I was disappointed in the lack of uh, what we'll call gore uh, would be an understatement, uh, based again on the premise and a lot of things that I heard um, from the first screening that they held of this film during Sundance. I, I was anticipating something much more, uh, but that's not to say that there aren't moments of extreme blood. It's just, for me, it wasn't enough to please me. Um, but maybe that's not what the the film was trying to do. So again, that's this is just a preference thing. I just wish there was more exciting gore and stuff that would make you want to turn away or get squeamish. Um, I felt just given the premise of the film, there was ample opportunity for the movie to go all in and get nasty and weird, but it doesn't, it doesn't go there. And maybe again, that's just not the nature of what the film was trying to do. And for that, you can't really knock it, but I'm going to knock it anyway. Additionally, the lead up to the third act for me is a bit of a slog. I can't recall exactly what other film uh, the story of this reminds me of, but I, I can't help but feel like I've seen this story before, but actually now that I'm thinking about it, another film I'm going to talk about from Sundance follows a similar uh, uh, storyline in the sense of uh, two sisters and a unfortunate incident that happens in their past. Um, <laughs> It it is um it feels very common these days in films at least from recent movies I've seen that that's just a trope that I'm kind of done with I don't really care to see that story anymore or anybody's particular bent on it uh, so I I struggled kind of getting into it um, it just felt very reminiscent of a number of other films that I've seen and one that I will talk about in a upcoming episode. But ultimately, Censor is a film with a lot of promise that didn't fully deliver on the excitingly fun concept that it's playing around with. While I'll give it credit for the great performances, the production design, and the detailed accuracy to uh, 80s aesthetic, and those final 15 minutes that really do kind of punch it up, and I do think it ends strong, I just think getting there isn't entirely enjoyable, at least for me. And again, the story I have seen before, and they didn't totally go all in on the concept and get weird with it. Um, at least until the end. So, I don't know. I, I don't remember if I rated the last movie that I reviewed. Uh, I'll, I'll give this, uh, based on what I have written down, two and a half stars. Uh, I wouldn't race out to go find it, but if it's streaming on a platform that you currently are subscribed to, like a Netflix or something, if it's there, give it a watch. But I wouldn't go out of my way to like rent it uh, or sign up for some new service to watch it. Uh, so... Yeah, I'll give it up for a female director, though. So there were quite a few female directors, female writers at the Sundance Film Festival this year. So that's really, really great. But I didn't care for your movie all that much. So I guess it really doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I don't really know how to sign off from this other than I will be back in a upcoming episode to discuss more films from the Sundance Film Festival, in addition to an upcoming episode in which we will discuss the theatrical exhibition uh, model as we have known it always and how it may be in danger with HBO Max and other streaming services. So I will pass it off back to your hosts of Entertain This and until next time, see you later. Welcome back everyone. Uh, we had a brief little hey. intermission from another hey. Nick. Hello. And, Hope you uh, guys enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. If you did, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Uh, if you have comments, also let us know. <laughs>
give us a call. My number is no. I'm sorry. Um, I guess I'm Your here to do. Your number, coward. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, hey, you're gonna do a quick this for us, aren't you? I'm here to do a quick this. Hopefully, it'll be under five minutes. Let me start a little timer. Um, okay, so I'm just I'm just gonna start it. This is gonna be a cold open. I'm not gonna tell you what the subject is. You're gonna have to figure that out. Okay, ready? And I'm starting. So kid shows on Nickelodeon have a long and sordid history of hiding innuendos and adult humor right under the nose of unsuspecting children, as evidenced by the multitude of adult jokes on SpongeBob that we might not have picked up on in our youth. When you go back and rewatch it now, it's a real eye-opener, often to hilarious ends. But today, in my quick this, I'm here to talk about an episode of iCarly that just might take the cake for the sheer number of adult concepts brought up by one singular 22-minute long episode of television. So to begin, I'd like to call the witness stand Dan Schneider, the creator of iCarly. And I'll acknowledge... We will not be having that asshole on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll be acknowledge the rumors of creepiness right up front and a strange he love likes for feet. feet. That man likes feet. feet. We know what's, it. what's the deal with the feet? I don't understand it, but um, outside of being a connoisseur of toes, he has under his belt several award-winning shows, just to name a few. There's Zoe 101, Victorious Drake and Josh, The Amanda Show, you know, the list goes on. And shout out to our Nickelodeon episode, too, if you guys want to go and have a little listen there. Uh, hey, I remember. But yeah, they're pretty cookie-cutter scripts. They're they're like, oh, here's an adult doing something dumb, and here's a kid going, <laughs> But I'd argue his crowning achievement is one that he dumped an ounce of effort into, and it's within the third season of the fifth episode, and it's entitled, I Have My Principles. And if you'd okay. entertain this for a minute, I'd like to take you on an exercise in deeper meanings here. And I'd like to dissect this episode and pull out a little uh, over-analytical English teacher here for the next few few minutes of this stream-of-consciousness-type rant. So, right off the bat, the title, I Have My Principles. There's a double meaning in and of itself. Not only does it make reference to the fact that there are principles and are always calling our protagonists into their office, there's also the fact that things that people don't usually do. As you've heard it said, I have my principles, so I'm not going to do that. So there you go. There are the first of many. In this opening scene, the gang is called to the principal's office, and they think they're in trouble, as usual. Of course, they're not. Principal Franklin knows of their hit web vlog show called iCarly.com, and he knows that his daughter watches their show and wants to wish her a happy birthday as a sort of surprise guest. Another thing in the opening scene, uh, Sam hits on the old aphorism, picks or it didn't happen. When she explains that you can't really charge me with putting a turtle in the toilet because you don't have evidence. That's pretty solid. You can take that to court. And yet, principals and teachers do this shit all the time. Call it an abuse of power or having your eyes in the back of your head with or without evidence. They're usually right because adults are always right. Despite how many number of these TV shows make the adults idiots just for the sake of comedy. So listen to your parents, kids. And also, Sam is definitely a little shit kid. She is touched lightly on the shoulder by one of the assistant principals and immediately screams that she's being attacked. She knows how to work the levers of power. And speaking of power, good on the show for showing an African-American man as principal. And good on them for showing Sam as a tough bully type too, because it's nice to not see gender roles so strictly enforced. And the mechanical bull in this episode seems to be some sort of uh, sexual innuendo in a way. Um... Just some something to do with the writing or something like that. But uh, one of the brother the brother character I forget his name at this point. Jeffrey Trainer is like the actor's name. I don't know his actual name in the show, but Spencer. He, Spencer, that's it. Crazy Thank you. Steve? He's writing <laughs> Crazy Steve. <laughs> but yeah, he's trying to ride the bull and he can't get it to work or something like that. I don't know. It's a subplot. It's kind of dumb. Um, 
another question brought up is where where are the parents you know because you can't leave unsupervised kids on the internet making their own tv show that's just i mean it's against the law for 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 one i mean you can't be under 13 on the internet so uh everyone knows that everyone knows that right (laughs) um so principal franklin emerges out of these gigantic pants um a principal coming out of pants that's probably some sort of innuendo just saying um, and then there's the, the laugh tracks in this episode too. They're just plain out annoying. It made me wonder if there's uh there's a cut of this without the laugh tracks in it with them just kind of standing around for a few seconds. thought that'd be kind of funny. Um, there's the, what am I sitting on bit, which is like a segment within the show. Again, probably might be a little innuendo, but he sits on fudge balls, which is probably, you know, supposed to be a hidden meeting for poop or something like that. It's, it would get on your pants. Why are you sitting on fudge balls? Um, anyways, Franklin, uh, gets fired, of course, because, you know, it's kind of inappropriate to be on a kid's show. Uh, and it opens up the concept of power vacuum, like what happened with the U.S. when we toppled Saddam Hussein. Their placements are always worse in the kids' view, but the school is very orderly and kind of a dictatorial kind of plot. Um, but anyways, at this point, I think we're to the end of my rant, and I think you should go entertain this episode, but maybe not. It's up to you. I really don't care. It's called uh, I Have My Principles, iCarly Season 3, Episode 5, and I hope you enjoyed this quick this. Did you just do like Michael, a... Michael, what was his quick this about? Did you do like a scholastic introspective of fucking iCarly? Did you just tell me that that episode of iCarly was about the hunt for Hussam... Hussam Bussain? Whatever. Do you say that... Did you say that your quick this was a stream of consciousness while you read off of a script? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I had to write down my did thoughts. You write, did you write down it's a stream of consciousness? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, is it? No. It's well, not how scripts work. <laughs> I can't watch it in front of you guys. This is a 22-minute long episode of uh, you know standard television there. Nick, I love you so much. <laughs> so iCarly's on Netflix now. That's what Nick found yeah. out this week, right? <laughs> Uh, actually, okay. we, we get like the streaming thing from Pluto TV, and it's on the big TV right there. So I, I watched it, and uh, I was just like, "Wow, this is really bizarre." I'm never gonna watch iCarly ever again. Mad boy, nice. <laughs> um, that's quick. This that's quick. This. Hey, thank you guys again for tuning in with us and uh, listening to our little conversation we had about all things entertainment. If there's something that you guys think. Uh, that you might want to see covered on this show, shoot us an email, uh, entertainthispodcast at gmail.com with your suggestions. They might end up as an episode of our podcast. Go ahead and shoot us those emails. Um, If you guys want to contact us any other way, another great way is through our Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. And on our Instagram, we are entertain this podcast. Throw us a follow. Send us a message if you got suggestions. Uh, Entertain us so we can entertain you and you can entertain this see you guys next friday goodbye goodbye bye this episode of entertain this was written by michael savoya with additional commentary from alex Steele and nick mustakangas our theme music is rush Hobble by aaron spencer with additional transitional music by djw and another special thanks to nick wolf for the intermission movie review Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.